Hello, everyone, and welcome to Watch and Walk podcast with Ebenezer. This podcast aims at inspiring you to trust in God and obey His Word every day. Be edified as you listen to this exhortation. Hello, friend. This is Ebenezer, and I believe God's grace is keeping you well. For the next few weeks, I'll be spending some time on the topic political Christianity. Before I get into that, let me clarify some few things. I believe every Christian holds what I call dual citizenship. The Christian is first of all, citizen of the kingdom of God, and then second, citizen of a country in the world. But then the values or the ideals, um, the virtues of God's kingdom form or should form the basis of our interaction or of our relationship with the kingdom of the earth. And knowing that God wants to establish his kingdom on the earth or he wants his will to prevail in our world, we partner with him to promote his righteousness and justice on earth. For this reason, we engage in activities that make for wholeness, for peace or for justice in the earth. And that means that we cannot abandon sociopolitical issues to non-Christians. We therefore need to support or engage in good governance or good politics. And if you asked me what good politics is, I would read to you what Matt Bain says about it in his article dubbed The Characteristics of Politics. I quote, Good politics is more fundamental to human nature. It is about appreciating people's talents and welding them into a whole. It is about collectively discerning the good, finding the right direction for our societies, and discovering ways to harmoniously deploy our combined attributes and resources to reach our goals. Yes, it involves prioritization and economics because there are hard decisions to make, but it is based on respect for the weak and the desire for wholeness. Unquote. I believe that as Christians, we must do our best to advance or promote this kind of good politics in our nations. But then let me emphasize that my assignment uh, for the next few weeks is to share what I have noticed about party politics and how our political culture as citizens of earthly nations sometimes influences our Christian life. Using some of the practices in party politics, I will talk about how we sometimes engage in what I call political Christianity. I must add here um, that we do this um, sometimes not because of direct influence of the political culture, but because we forget our identity as citizens of God's kingdom. Now, having said all that, let me share my first observation with you. I have realized that in most nations, the political battle or election is between two major political parties or two major ideologies. And so in order to win elections, this is what each party basically does. In terms of good or commendable governance, it tries to do or look better in comparison with the other. And then when it comes to bad governance or bad policies, it tries to project the other as worse. And so this means that in most cases, the standard of comparison for the politician is the opponent. This reminds me of what a leader told me some time ago. He said, um, when you go to the polls or when it's time for elections, remember that you're not choosing between a good party and a bad one but rather between a good party and a better one. Or if you're a pessimist, uh, you are choosing between a bad party and a worse one. So with regard to my assignment, this is my first point. We Christians engage in political Christianity when we judge our righteousness by the righteousness of others instead of the righteousness of God. 
And on the flip side, I can say that we become guilty of political Christianity when we judge our bad deeds by the worst deeds of others. We often do this because we want to feel better or appear better than others, or we want to find excuses um, for our weaknesses or our failures. And so in our quest to feel or appear better, we become self-righteous or proud of our good works. A story in the Bible that illustrates this point very well is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. In fact, um, Luke says that Jesus told this parable to those who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. One thing I see in this passage is that though the Pharisee began his prayer by thanking God, the purpose of his prayer was just to show God his religious CV. That's a list of the religious achievements or good things that he had done. And so he approached God out of self-righteousness and exaltation. And so no wonder he had to find another person, that is the tax collector, as his criterion or as his yastic, um, as his measuring rod of righteousness. And let me also say that the fact that the tax collector asked for mercy doesn't mean that he had not done anything good in his life. And so for me, asking for mercy was an acknowledgement or recognition of the holiness of God. So it was this recognition that made him realize that his righteousness was woefully inadequate to attain any divine justification. So he approached God with humility. And so according to Jesus, he went away justified before God. This idea explains why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that it is unwise for Christians to measure themselves by themselves or compare themselves among themselves. Let me remind all of us that the basis, um, the source, um, the yastic of all our righteousness is Christ Jesus. And that is why the Bible says that God has made us his righteousness in Christ Jesus. Let me end here with a prayer that God will deliver us from political Christianity and enable us to be humble as we depend on his mercy and grace to demonstrate his righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Watch and Walk Podcast with Ebenezer. Watch and Walk Podcast comes to you this and every Wednesday. To get notifications of new episodes, please subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Watch and Walk Ministry. Visit us at watchandwalk.org to learn more about this ministry. God bless you.